Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With the end of the regular season approaching and playoffs right around the corner, 15 NHL teams will be looking to the future with the NHL Draft Lottery. And to celebrate, the Hockey Podcast Network has partnered with Tankathon.com and CoolHockey.com to bring you the Hockey Podcast Network NHL Draft Lottery Contest. The winner of the contest will win a $200 gift card to CoolHockey.com, the Internet's best source for ordering and customizing NHL officially licensed jerseys. So here's how you play. Visit Tankathon.com NHL and click Sim Lottery to create a 15-team simulation. You can run the simulator as many times as you like until you get the result that you think will best match the NHL's official draft lottery. Take a screenshot of your simulation and post it to the comments section of the Hockey Podcast Network's contest tweet on their official Twitter account, at HockeyPodNet. Then, make sure to tag a friend and retweet the post. You must follow at Tankathon, at CoolHockey, and at HockeyPodNet on Twitter to be eligible for entry. All entries must be submitted by April 4th at 11.59 Eastern. The winner of the $200 Cool Hockey gift card will be announced on Twitter following the NHL's official draft lottery. All contest information can be found at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. So what are you waiting for? Visit tankathon.com slash NHL right now and keep simulating until you get the result that you think will best win you your CoolHockey.com gift card. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and you're listening to episode 51. This week, we have a very special episode as James and I sat down with Jimmy from The Morning Skate. Uh, He is a blogger, uh, website owner, podcaster, uh, an all-around renaissance man, and a huge Rangers fan, obviously, and yeah, it was fun. We we got to speak about uh, the Rangers season, our thoughts, favorite moments, uh, thoughts on rookies, and then we also got to talk about what he's got going on. Uh, with the morning skate things they have coming down the pike and yeah it was just awesome I mean Jimmy is a charismatic guy and he's just so fun and easy to talk to it was my first time talking to him but I know him and James have been friends for a while and yeah it was just a really enjoyable talk Um, just uh, before we go into that interview I, I would just I'll say up top that at certain times because right now everyone is podcasting from their homes uh, and by everyone, I mean not just the three of us, but everyone. I know a lot of the podcasting programs such as Zoom and Zencast or what we use, uh, yeah, their little bandwidth is a little tight. So there's a few audio dropouts here and there, but nothing too crazy. And, you know, that's definitely not unlistenable. It sounds pretty good. But, you know, here and there you might get a little bit of, uh, yeah, it might have a dropout. But, you know, it's all good. Uh, obviously, these are trying times for us. So, uh 
yeah, just bear with us. But uh, again, it was an awesome conversation. And yeah, I won't take up any more of your time. So here is James and I's conversation with Jimmy from The Morning Skate. And this is our, I think, second guest overall. We have Jimmy Collins of The Morning Skate with us. And uh, he's going to be here talking a little New York Rangers hockey and a little bit uh, more about the the morning skate and uh, where that's heading. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, Jimmy runs the morning skate uh, website, the podcast, the Twitter. I mean, there's thousands upon thousands of followers. So uh, if you don't follow them uh, already, give it a follow on Twitter, Instagram, like it on Facebook. And I'm sure he'll be plugging along the way here uh also andy um jimmy and i i as you knew i am a blogger for the morning skate so there's any questions that you have that i don't even think of asking be sure to chime in and just interrupt me but uh oh you know i'm good at interrupting you so (laughs) all right perfect so jimmy what's going on how you doing how you how you living right now with all the chaos it is, uh, I don't even know what day of the quarantine it is, but a little Sunday, Sunday, got a shock top open already. It's like 1230, talking Rangers, watching Tiger King on Netflix. I think I am truly thriving. Uh, I'm working from home. People are complaining about it. I've been wearing the same sweat shorts for the past like eight days. So like, I mean, I am just at the pinnacle, I think, of my being. Uh, I hope you guys are staying safe. Thank you for having me on. I can't wait to talk some Rangers with you guys. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely pumped to have you. It's been uh, a long time coming, and unfortunately, the season obviously came to a grinding halt. And uh, the New York Rangers will uh, never let us know, you know, if they made the playoffs or not. But you know, going into this season, obviously there wasn't much in terms of expectations for this team. So, what was your journey like with this squad as the season progressed, and you know, playoffs came, you know. Or, a reality towards the end there before everything you know got canceled so fellas like you guys know like when you're in middle school you have like a girlfriend and like you guys just keep breaking up every other week but when you're with her you love her and then the next week you're like i hate this girl and then the next week you're like oh my god we're back together good as ever gonna get married the next week you're like okay i hate you it's kind of what it was like for me at the beginning of the year i didn't really know what to expect like i was pumped that we were young uh, I was pumped that we had Capo Caco, pumped that we got Adam Fox, Ryan Lindgren, absolute beauty. He's like the modern day Dan Girardi coming in the lineup. All things were great. Mark Stahl was on the team, hated that. But it was very inconsistent during the first half of the season, right? Like you'd have some games where your kids would show up, some games where they wouldn't. <clears throat> and I mean, even before all of this, you had like Filipino spent a little bit of time down the AHL. Leah's Anderson was doing nothing. Uh, it was just very inconsistent. As, as the season went on, I think I think almost like the guys started getting it, you know, like I think it took them a long time to actually figure out how to play together as a team. I remember back when McDonough was the captain, he would talk about, you know, we're we're not individuals. We're like a five man unit. Like, you know what I mean? And I think it took the Rangers a while to get there. Um, I don't know. There's just there's so much to talk about when it comes to it. But I, I will say this. I can't be more proud of this team, man. Like if it wasn't for the stupid virus, we'd be three points out of the wild card buzzing and there would be nothing more in my life than to make the playoffs over the hurricanes and the islanders on like the last game of the season right like that would have been unbelievable i bought tickets for that uh it's against the blackhawks supposed to be on 4-4 i was like you know what either we're going to be in the midst of this playoff push this could be a big game or it could potentially be henrik lundquist's last game as a new york ranger i thought it was a great buy turns out this virus just pooped on that 
Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. What do, what do you guys think of the season? I thought it was inconsistent, but towards the, the last part of the year, that's the most fun I've had watching Rangers hockey. Like since we were in the playoffs, go ahead, Andy, I'll let you go. Yeah. I mean, James and I, uh, I think on our, either our very first or second episode, we said, what's our expectations for this, uh, team this year. And we basically said that we thought they would finish just right outside of a playoff spot, but they'd be pushing forward all season. And we yep. said it would definitely be up and down. And yeah, I mean, obviously the way things have played out, we're, it turns out we might be right, but not for the reasons we thought. We didn't think a global pandemic would have anything to do with it. But like, uh, I mean, it's you kind of hit the nail on the head. They were obviously very inconsistent early on. But yeah, I guess as they those kids kind of finally started finding their stride a bit, maybe some more than others, obviously Fox and Linda Grin really uh, in the last few months of the season really stepped into a premier spot in this team. And, you know, I think we saw Kaka was starting to find his game finally at the end of the year, you know, and Heedles had his ups and downs, although he had a better year this year than last year in terms of point production, which is all you can ask for. So yeah, they were inconsistent, but they were in it the whole time. And obviously, you know, we can't talk uh, too much about or say enough about the the seasons that Panarin and Mika had to really help bring this team through some, uh, Boy, some how, of those inconsistencies early on. You know? How about those two, huh? Like, it, it has taken years for the Rangers to get any sort of, like, substantial offensive threat. Like, we had Rick Nash. I think he he might have scored 41 year for the Rangers. Maybe not. But that, yeah. like, he would put in, like, 20 goals, and everybody would be like, you know what, though, dude? He got that puck out with, like, 11 minutes left to go in the second period, and that was you. <laughs> I'm like, all right, dude. Sick. Thanks, man. We finally have. Artemi Panarin, who is electric, right? Like, we haven't seen a player like this since Yager, probably. And yeah. he's, yeah, I would argue that he's more electric than Yager was. Yager was just a bull. Um, and then Zibanejad, man, like, number one center population, that guy. He is incredible. The way he skates, he's a beast, dude. Like, he's, he has such a powerful stride and he can fly and he's so smart and he's got that shot. And I remember, like, throughout the, the last however many years, it was always like, okay, we had a left-handed shot on the power play. Where's that right-handed shot? Now we have two of them. And it's like, okay, let's go. These are two people that you build your your team around. Oh, absolutely. And it, it's kind of weird that I feel like, yep. you know, Zibanejad finally is, like, he broke out this year along with, like, Panarin. Like, it was almost like we we got two brand new bona fide all stars. I'm not saying that you know Zabenajad was bad in the years past, but I don't know. For the first time, I just felt like okay, we have our leader, we have our guy. Like this guy will take over games that you know when the rest of the boys really are struggling to to you know be effective, and this guy is you know literally going to do it himself. And then you have Panarin, who you know he's he's not a big big skater. He's not he's just not a big guy overall, um, but he no one can steal the puck from him and it's unbelievable i've never seen this in a rangers uniform before even like rick nash didn't have this you know yager was obviously electric when he was younger but when he's with the rangers it was just a different style of yager that you were getting still dominant still awesome but you know panarin is like in the middle of his prime right now and he just can't be stopped and it's just it's unbelievable to see and i still think like every time he gets the puck i'm like he's gonna get stripped like, it's just, you know, things are starting to like, I just like, I'm waiting for things to fall apart. Cause that's what Rangers fans do. And it just never happened. And his season that he was having was unbelievable. And it's such a shame that we didn't get him uh, to the hundred point mark, you know, by the end of the year. Cause I think he definitely would have hit it. And I think Zibanejad would have hit 50 goals and those two things happening like in the same year, 
in the first year of a rebuild would have been just absolutely unreal. Yeah. And I think the one thing that they benefited from, right? Like if you, if you look at 2018, 2019, Zibanejad had 74 points in 82 games. He had 30 goals, 44 assists. I mean, that's still a pretty impressive campaign by our old standards, right? Like before that, I think Zuccarello yeah. will put up around like 55 points and he led the team in, in points for the past however many years. So the year before this, when Mika put up 74 points, like, okay, cool. And then going into this year, he had 75 points in 20 plus games less played. And I think a lot of that had to do with, and I think this is kind of on coach Quinn, not putting Panarin with Zibanejad unless it was absolutely necessary. And I think in doing that, you have the other teams trying to match defensemen, right? So like, no matter what, you're going to have either a three and four defenseman going up against a Zibanejad or a Panarin. And I really think that that, you know, carouseled into what the year that they had this year. Yeah. That's an yeah. excellent no, point. Ahead. Yeah. I was going to say that's an excellent point because obviously at a few, like you said, the few times where it was necessary and Quinn shortened the bench and stacked the lines a bit, you saw them out there together and they were electric, but yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about, you know, Ryan Strom, is a kind of divisive figure in Rangers fandom right now because obviously he's really uh, risen to the occasion to play with Panarin, you know, in terms of being one of the few people on the team that has good chemistry with him. But at the same time, obviously, a lot of people are afraid of what he's going to cost to resign or if it's going to, you know, he's going to hoodwink the organization somehow. But I mean, just trying to, it's a night, you know, when you're game planning, you, it's really hard to say who, which, who, who we're going to use our best checking line. Are we going to use it on? Zabanajad, Kreider, and Buchnevich, who, you know, just as a force by themselves. But then you have Panarin, who's probably now a top, arguably a top five player in the league. Oh, yeah. You know, if, yeah. So it's like, what do you, what do you do? You, you know, so yeah, I think it was, honestly, it was good by Quinn to really make, like you said, he did not put them together unless it was absolutely necessary. And yeah, it clearly was a recipe for success. Yeah, absolutely. You, you got to spread that wealth. And, and you mentioned Ryan Stroman. Like, he, he got so much hate this year. His shooting percentage is so high. Here's my thing about the whole shooting percentage thing. So, like, let's say you have a guy who scored 120 goals and his shooting percentage was, like, 80%. Are those people still going to want to trade him because his shooting percentage isn't sustainable? Like, why can't we just enjoy what we have? Like, Ryan Strom was great with Artemi Panarin. He can move the puck. And all these people trade trade him, trade him, trade him. Like, I don't know about you guys. Like, maybe if you put Filipino there, he has a little bit of success. But I think right now in his career, he he's not where Ryan Strom is. Like, Ryan Strom is, has that experience. He has that defensive side of the puck. Where, like, Hedo, I mean, he's still kind of learning, you know? So when the people yeah. are like, oh, trade him, trade him, trade him, I'm like, eh, maybe you keep him because he plays really well with Panarin. And the whole contract thing, like, we don't know what those numbers are. We we can we can pretend like we know what they're going to be, but who knows what's really going to happen at the end of the day? Yeah, I always yeah, think... if you trade. No, go go ahead, Andy. Well, I was going to say. I mean, honestly, if you trade Strom in terms of center depth, like unless they go out and get someone else and over the summer in free agency, I don't see who steps into that role because, like you said, uh, Heedle's getting better and better, but he's kind of more of a he's kind of the a kid who wants the puck on his stick to drive the net himself, but his game doesn't exactly complement Panera. And I'm sure he could, you know, they'd obviously just because of how good Artemi is, they'd have some connection, but Artemi's a guy who's because he's just so smart, he can get it to you. And if you're a guy like Strom, who is confident in his ability to know where to be, because he's been in the league for a while, or he's also confident he can get it back to Panera and, you know, kids kind of lack that nuance that that's something that comes later. They can, you know, show you the flashes of their individual skill level, but, you have to be kind of a cerebral cat to play with Panarin. And as much as I like and think Heedle is going to be a, a force in the future, I just don't think, to your point, Jimmy, I don't think he's there yet. So, yeah, I don't know. 
all, I think the, the same people that were clamoring about his shooting percentage were the same that were, were blaming him in that uh, the, the last game of the season versus Colorado. How many chances did uh, Strom have? You know, he had, I think he hit like two posts and he like maybe missed wide once and he, you know, one bounced over his stick or he shanked it, but he was in position to score because he puts himself there. So, I mean, you can't have it both ways. So, I mean, uh, they should just be thankful. You have someone you, for Ryan Spooner, no less, you, you found a guy who was struggling and then you turned him into a, you know, a borderline 70 point, uh, you know, second line center. So you just nailed it. A 70 point second line center. I just mentioned not that long ago, back in 2018, 2019, our leading score had 74 points. And now Ryan Strom was on pace for getting 70 points. And people are like upset about that. It's wild because, and I had this conversation with Andy, you know, Ryan Strom is, I believe a two and a half, he's the number two and a half center, which means that, you know, if, if we sign him right long-term, I, I don't think he's going to be asking uh, you know, for anything unreasonable in terms of what he's done for this team and his production and his and realizing that, you know, I may never have this opportunity to play with number one, uh, a top three player in the league elsewhere. And number two, play in New York City, you know, where, you know, I mean, let's face it, New York City is obviously a, a desired place for many and Strom finding success here. I don't think he's willing to risk it and try to go somewhere else and just or and try to, you know, maximize the amount of money he can get. I th- he'd be smart to take a lower amount and try to be here as long as possible. And I think he's a two and a half center. I think if the Rangers sign him, right, there's no reason why Heedle can't develop into a number two center and, you know, Strom taking that third spot. Now you have three solid centers going forward. And heaven forbid someone got hurt like Zibanejad. Ryan Strom, Ryan Strom is is a perfect person to like step up in those situations. Like he's not afraid to play with the all stars. He's you know he you know he's um you know he's smart defensively. I just think he's he's very useful. And if we can grab him for the right price, I think he's going to be very important going forward in terms of like our depth at the center position. Dude, you you nailed it. In in terms of like keep him with the second line, and then at some point if Heedle gets that. I'm pretty happy with Ryan Strom as my third line center for like five mil a year. Like that would be ideal because if you look at the Rangers right now, let's be honest with ourselves right this second. How many top six forwards do we have? We have Panarin, Zibanejad, Kreider. Now analytical people be like Buchnevich. Is Buchnevich in the top six on the Boston Bruins? Or the no. Washington Capitals, he's not. So I wouldn't consider him like a maybe. Player. Maybe he's their second line winger. Maybe, maybe. maybe. but maybe. like, but here's the thing: as much as that kind of sucks to look at, we have players like Filipito, Kapokako, even Buchnevich. Like we, they're young. Buchnevich is only 24 years old. So like, we have these players that are still kind of developing, grow like slowly growing into it. Like Capo and Philip should essentially be a top six player, I would think. And they're going to become that when Panarin and Zibanejad and Kreider are kind of like they're in their prime right now, but I think they got a, a few more years of that. So I think that that window almost kind of hooks up perfectly, but we do need that one person who can just kind of like stall it a little bit. You know what I mean? Like st- stop the curve, if you will, um, with with Ryan Strom kind of being that that placement kind of guy. And I, I mean, I don't know. I think that's a lot to look forward to with this team. I'm so excited to, to see what ends up happening. Yeah, I'm curious if uh, Strom gets a bridge deal just to kind of get through next season because uh, we're kind of like next year will be the worst cap year we'll be facing for a while, hopefully. So I'm curious if he will sign a bridge deal. Uh, I don't think he'd be willing to do that. I mean, but obviously now everything's like so chaotic that uh, I don't even know if 
even like players and teams are in negotiations right now, or even if they're allowed to be. But See, uh, I hope Brian Strom's a realist, dude, because if you look at his past stats, I mean, he put up 50 points his second year in the league. And then after that, 28, 30, 34, 35, 33. And now he's back up to 59. So it's like, I'm hoping he's kind of keeping it like real with himself in terms of like, I'm not an all-star. I'm playing with Panarin, but like pay me a little bit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And and hopefully. Yeah, I, I, go, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, if if it does go to arbitration, I think like like Jimmy just said, if you look at his pet, they usually go off past numbers and they'll they'll they will pretty much the case made against him will say, look, this is like where we think you're at. You played with uh, a guy who borderline won the Hart Trophy this year, you know, and for every you can look at your Kyle Posos and your Matt Molsons and all these guys who have, you know, your David Clarksons who have like huge years playing with guys that are close to winning, who either win or are close to winning the Hart. And then they, you know, lo and behold. So, I mean, like, like you guys both said, I think, I think Strom is smart. I think he wants, he's spoken a bit about, he's felt a bit adrift ever since, uh, you know, his his first or second, uh, his sophomore year with the Islanders and that he finally found like something that's working for him and he loves being part of it and being, uh, I think he wants to stay. I think he'll do what he can to make it worth. I think they'll, they'll pay him, you know, I think like you said, 5 million is probably a realistic number for him and honestly i think if as long as he continues to have chemistry with panarin then i think he's he's absolutely worth that you know so yeah and the people who are like complaining about a shooting percentage i'm looking at it right now so last year he had a shooting percentage at 22.5 he ended up scoring 19 goals 18 with the rangers one with the oilers uh this year his shooting percentage was 11.7 still has 18 goals he would probably get that 19 he's still putting pucks on net right like he's still driving offense and yeah he has let's see, whatever, 41 minus 16 to like 20 plus more assists than he had the year before. So like Strom definitely had a good year. I And it's so nice to see that because you have like certain bloggers and the Rangers that just like, they're good. Like I, I follow a lot of like the Rangers bloggers and like they do know what they're talking about. But if you ever disagree with them, it's like, oh my God, look at these stats. You're such an idiot. And it's like, dude, shut up. Like if you ever played a game of hockey in your life, like the, the, my biggest thing with all those other people is they just they don't value like the bottom two lines and like what those guys kind of bring to the team. Like if you've been on a hockey team, you know, like, yeah, they might not put the puck in the net, but it is good to have those guys in the room blocking shots, uh, getting the boys going, different things like that that you can't really put a statistic to. And I think some people get really rattled at that because there's no actual scientific data. But I'm telling you, like, that shit exists. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. Sorry if you have to beep that out. But, no, you uh, are. You're, you're good. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know. And then, like, I mean, we haven't even gotten into the def- defense and the goalie situation. Yeah, so let's get into that. Uh, let's get into the defense because our boy Tony D, I know you're a huge fan of him, as are we. Yeah. Uh, he was probably going to hit the at least the 60-point mark this year. Uh, you know, he had 14 games left and 53 points. So he was going to be in the mid-60s in terms of production. Uh, that's pretty much unheard of in a Rangers uniform. Uh, seeing a defenseman basically, you know, jump in the play and drive a little bit of offense and and give us a different option and a different look against teams. Again, I think that was a huge part of the success of having you know defensemen like Fox and Tony on the offensive end, and then the you know the physicality and in Truba and uh, Lindgren. I just thought you know the Rangers defense could be a real big force. Uh, in the coming years, once they, you know, shed, obviously Mark Stahl and then uh, Brendan Smith is gone. So, uh, you know, wh- what are your thoughts uh, on the d- defensive end, Jimmy? Um, I mean, Adam Fox, what a player, huh? Like if Kale McCarr and Hughes weren't around, he'd be getting some strong consideration for that rookie of the year. He is 
he's a, just an impressive, impressive player. And it's not even like, yeah, he scores goals in, in, in defense. But, like, my favorite thing is, like, when he's breaking out the puck and, like, somebody's hard on the forecheck, it kind of just hits the brakes or, like, gives him a little pump fake. And he, and he buys himself that extra 0.5 seconds to move the puck out of the zone that we haven't seen as Rangers fans in forever, probably since Leach, maybe, maybe a little McDonough, but like the things that he can do with the puck is unreal. Tony D'Angelo, you know, I love him. The fact that he adds the offensive uh, part to his game when he scores, he kind of does the Danny Briarcelli love seeing that, but he's got some edge to his game, which is something the Rangers defense really has never had. Um, then you have Lindgren. I just compared him to Dan Girardi. I mean, this kid, he bangs dude. He, he's just like that old time hockey player after the end of the game. Uh, I remember the New York Yankees, they got Clint Frazier a couple years ago and Brian Cashman was like interviewed about him. He's like, yeah, Clint Frazier is the type of kid that shows up to the national anthem and his uniform's already dirty. And like, that's the kind of vibe I get from Lindgren. You know what I mean? Like he's always just mucking it up. Uh, Jacob Truba. I mean, I love Truba. Uh, I, a little bit of a disappointing year, but you also have to remind yourself he plays against a lot of the other team's top players. Uh, skating kind of worries me because he looks a little bit slow, but ever since the, uh, the suspension of the season i've been playing a lot of nhl online and truba's the man so you'll never hear me talk bad about him mark stall get him off my team the earlier that happens the more realistic opportunity the rangers have to win a cup and then uh you mentioned brendan smith dude and yeah smitty probably isn't exactly what the rangers thought they were going to get when they signed him but in terms of just being a pro i remember that year he got sent down he got in a fight with vinnie letary with the wolf pack he came uh into into camp when way better shape. And I mean, he does anything the coach asks him to do. I think like that. And as, as a player on the team, you got to look at this guy be like, well, he was a career defenseman. Now he's on the fourth line. Wait, we, a defenseman got hurt. Now he's playing D he's like, he's kind of like your Swiss army knife. He can kind of pretty much do anything, not an elite level, but he can get the job done. So I, I agree that Brendan Smith probably isn't going to be on the team for that much longer, but I appreciate everything that he's done for the team. Uh, I, one of my favorite nights is Stephen McDonald extra effort award night. And I mean, you'd probably give it to Zminijad or, or Panarin, but it, I would vote for Brendan Smith a hundred times out of a hundred times. That guy has done everything and anything he can to stay in the NHL. And I think that, I mean, that's unreal. What do you, what, what do you guys have on the D? Well, all right. So my, my whole thing is uh, Brendan Smith is fine. It just like, uh, I feel like sometimes Quinn uses them a little bit too much and gives them too much uh, playing time. Yeah. But with that being said, you know, it, it is tough. And what he's been through, uh, you know, the past couple of years in terms of not really knowing if he's a forward or a defenseman, um, kind of, you know, coming to New York where the spotlight's on him and just struggling big time. But to be able to be a leader on this team, because I do think Quinn gives him the ice time he does because he does all the right things on and off the ice. Like, there's no doubt about it that that guy's trying his balls off every single night. He's bringing his, you know, lunchbox to work every single day and just grinding out games wherever that may be. And, you know, you've seen it when, you know, guys on the the back end and he was playing offense, he would jump back and play defense. And that's – think about how, like, ridiculously hard it is to, like, sw make a switch even in men's league. You're like, oh, this is so annoying. Now imagine doing it at the NHL level where like crazy, <laughs> like against the world's best players and this guy's jumping forward to defense, defense to forward. Right, and he's mixing it up too. He got in a fight with Jamie Benn and actually like handled himself. Yeah, so I mean looking back on this season, you know, I've I've ridden Brendan Smith pretty hard, but I you know what I do give him a lot of credit for, you know, playing the role that he's he's had. Uh 
Um, it, it's just been, it's a, you know what, in the, in the beginning of the year, it was so wild. Cause I almost lumped him in with like guys like Michael Haley and McKeg, but he really isn't like he, he's well above that. And it's just like, this is all still new to him. And he's like, you said, he's doing anything he can to just stay in the NHL. And I give him a ton of credit. Absolutely. And, and I remember there was a report earlier this year. He, he played a huge part in getting Capo Caco like okay with living in the United States. Like he, he was a guy that brought him to the rink. He's been around him all the time. And like, you need that kind of leadership. Right. And, and that's Smitty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for, for me, uh, that breakaway goal he scored that act ended up being the exact, I think his brother like scored the exact same breakaway yeah. goal, like a week earlier or later, which was pretty cool. Um, you know, so like, like you both said, like he, he did everything the team asked, you know, asking for if they needed him to play fourth line, he would, uh, if they needed him to play on the back end, especially after Brady left, they paired him with Truba. And I thought that's when at least, you know, he had his gaffes, but I thought Truba down the stretch was much better than he was early on. Cause I think yeah. it's a bit easier when him and Brady are together, they're kind of, we're looking to defer to one another and it just wasn't, it was, wasn't working clearly. But I think when Brendan's out there, I think, uh, he played, he's like, I'm just going to make sure if, if I'm true is in front of the net, I'm the first man in on the boards or vice versa. He just kind of, he knows his role. And I mean, even when he's not playing, you see uh, during the mother's trip, he's like high five and moms in the press box and eating popcorn. Like, and yeah, just, he did every, literally everything this organization asked him to do this year with a smile on his face. And I think that's how important it is for him to, uh, to stay in the NHL. So yeah, right. it, what it takes a, good, a lot of mental fortitude. What a good example to set for the kids too, right? Like, yeah, you might not get your your ice time, but Brendan Smith, he's actually a defenseman. He's playing forward just because he needs to to be in the NHL. Like that's like an eye opening moment that like you need to do whatever you can to to not only stay in the NHL but just to pitch into that team. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, like looking since the Brady Shea trade, I would say not only as did Brendan Smith's game improve because he, now he's a permanent defenseman and kind of I feel like mentally was in a better place knowing that, you know, all right, this is my position. This is my role on the team, uh, you know. And then I felt like ever since Jay got traded, Truba's game also got a lot better. And, you know, obviously the season didn't ride out the way we thought it was going to be, or and we don't have a huge sample size of what the Rangers are without Shea and, you know, and a full-time Brendan Smith in the back end. But I, w I will say, you know, I just felt like, um, you know, Truba was playing a little bit more physical and playing his like dirty, you know, not like dirty as being, being a scumbag, but like a dirtier, grittier. Hard game. nose. Yeah, very hard nose, stepping up, taking hits. And and that was, you know, way more effective than I felt like when he was playing with Shea, because I felt like those two guys were a little hesitant. They were a little too comfortable with each other on the back end and they got exploited some nights. So, you know, it was good to see that, you know, Truba, you know, Truba's game was getting elevated along with uh, Brendan Smith. And he was, you know, being that physical presence that you need on the back end if you're not going to be able to be the guy that skates the puck out or, you know, you, you know providing the offensive flair like you see at, a, you know, Tony and, and Fox. So, yeah, a lot of positives coming from Brendan Smith uh, now looking back at the season. And from where he was at the beginning of the year to, to the end, uh, what a difference. And, you know, what, you know, you know, stick taps for him for sticking it out and, you know, being a team player. Uh, so do you let's let's obviously now hit the goalie goaltending situation, the three headed monster in the locker room. What are your <laughs> thoughts? What are your predictions? And what do you what do you want to see happen? I mean, I think it's pretty sad that we'll probably never see Henrik Lundqvist play another game for the Rangers like that kind of sucks. Uh, I think that kind of decision. I This is all speculation. This is kind of in my in my head. 
I think, I mean, you have the Seattle expansion thing coming up. That is that next year or the year after? So maybe that doesn't even matter. It's the year but, after. I mean, I think at the deadline, Georgiev had tons of, of value, right? And you didn't deal him. And I think when you did that, you kind of made that decision that, like, the, the two Russians, right, Igor and Alex, were kind of going to be your guys. And you have and you have Henrik Lumpkus on the bench. And, again, like, that's not bad. Like, he was a real pro about it. Like, I think you only mentioned it a couple times in, in the media, and that's just because you just got asked that a billion times. But it's, it's, it's sad. I don't think we'll ever see Hank play another one for the Rangers, which it, in my mind is, like, the biggest travesty of sports because that guy just – he carried us for how many years and – won so many games just by himself when we shouldn't even have been in them. And and that sucks. But at the same time, like how blessed are we to go from like Henrik Lundqvist to this Igor kid? Uh, you, you have some NHL franchises that have never been able to get like that number one goalie and it's taken them years. And like, here we go. We got back to back where this Igor kid looks like he's going to be a legitimate player. Um, in, in my, you just ride that guy. <laughs> like he, yeah. he's so good. He, he moves the puck. He, he's so athletic. He's, he's in the game, you know, like it's kind of nice. So one, one of the things that bothered me about Henrik Lundqvist, probably the only thing is whenever a defenseman would make a mistake and like he would cover up the puck after they build a whistle, like you kind of throw like a little hissy fit. And to me, like that always kind of pissed me off. I don't know why at the same time it was like, Hank's so good. It's like, it doesn't really matter. But now you have this other, this new kid who isn't like freaking out every time, like Mark Stahl turns the puck over or anything like that. And to me, like, I don't, I don't know, like, if, if you're on the ice and you make a mistake and the goalie takes it and then kind of shows you up in front of everybody, that's got to kind of suck. And now you have this new kid who just makes it, and he's like, okay, whatever, who, who really cares? So I think maybe that'll be good. But, again, the Igor kid, just how much skill he has is insane. And then we have Benoit Lair, who's like the goalie magician. So I'm not, I'm not worried about our goalies. What do you guys think about Hank? Andy, I'll let you go first. <laughs> I, you know, I my – Thoughts on Hank kind of echo yours, Jimmy. I do think it's sad that, like you said, there's a very, 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 very strong possibility, you know, we we will never see him play another game for the Rangers, which is really upsetting. I think uh, I do, from the little bit I was able to piece together, um, I do think the Rangers were maybe talking to teams at the deadline, but I think they... If they had their druthers, they were really did seem set on to going into the future at, in a platooning a one A one B with Igor and Alex. But obviously, if the right deal came up for uh, for Georgiev, they would have they would have dealt him. Just I feel like teams are obviously very afraid to to deal up a lot for goaltenders because you know it's still kind of voodoo sometimes, right? They, guys have known to have you know killer seasons and then just immediately cool off. So you have and to be look careful. At but, yeah, yeah you know, who's now become a bit, a bit of a journeyman. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's sad. I, I do. I think in my head, I had this whole thing where Hank would eventually be Igor's backup. So he wasn't playing as much, but he was still, you know, it's like Igor was playing with his childhood idol and, you know, you got the feel good moment and Hank just was, that was kind of like his last gift to the organization type thing. But yeah, it's, we're not, we're not really gonna, gonna see that. And now we're, it's, you know, and I, listen, he was paid the contract. He, he earned every bit of it. It's a, it's a shame that, you know, I would, I would have complained more, I think down the stretch, but we didn't, he didn't play. He barely played. He maybe played, he played two games since Igor, came, like how many games did he really play since Igor came up Two, maybe three, you know, yeah. and, and, and uh, two of those came when he was hurt and, you know, he came in relief once or twice, but uh, yeah, Georgiev still got the, when Igor was down, still got the the majority of the starts. So it's just, it wasn't even like he was now, 
taking starts from anyone. So it's just, yeah, it was, it's clear the organization has made their, has made it known what they want to do at least. And I, I think there was even in one interview, Hank said he would, they would get together and talk in the summer and see if they don't need him there anymore. So, yeah, I, I honestly don't know how this plays out, whether it's a buyout or it's a, a trade request or just he's there on paper, but you know, he, they, allow, they keep him on their roster, but they allow him to like go home. And yeah, I don't, I have no idea. So, but yeah, it's, I just think it's kind of sad because you, I don't, whether you saw it with him being traded, I don't think you saw his career ending like this, you know, and obviously this, uh, <laughs> this global pandemic has really added just yet another layer of uh, mystery to what happens with Henrik Lundqvist. So no. yeah, it's sad. He doesn't deserve to go out like this, but. Yeah. And you know. nailed it. And like, I feel like we're all kind of the same age, right? Like I remember Mark Messi and Brian Leach, but I don't. That wasn't like a huge part of my life. Like Brian Leach was a like my favorite player like growing up, but like I only really got to see the end of him. And in terms of like franchise players, like those were the two. And then like you had Yaga, who was pretty good, but the one player who was always there for the Rangers, no matter what, is Henrik Lundqvist. Like when I'm a grandfather and I'm talking to my grandkids and they're like, "Who is the player?" It, it's gonna be Hank. Like Hank was a giant part of all of our lives. Every single game he showed up to play, and he, and he robbed so many of them. So. It, again, it's just I'm so sad that like this is probably how it's going to end. And if he ends up going somewhere and we don't win the cup, you know, I'm ruined forever. He goes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree. And, you know, I felt like, you know, Hank, all these years, I always wanted to trade him because people didn't realize like this guy was the victim of his own success. The Rangers yeah. never addressed any of the problems that they needed to because they just relied on Hank. And Hank won so many games, two to one, three, you know, three one. The Rangers were able to, you know, squeeze one out. How many series in the in the playoffs did he steal when I was like, we don't have a shot against this team? Nope. Hank just put up, you know, 45 saves and we were able to win the game. So, you know, again, the Rangers never addressed the problems that we actually had, which was an offensive deficiency. And he just basically made save after save and stood on his head every single night. And we were able to win, you know, playoff series. I mean, how many game sevens did this guy, you know, win? It was unbelievable, his record going into it. And it's a shame he never got a, you know, a Stanley Cup with the Rangers. But I do have a feeling that, you know, although Hank, you know, his playing career might be done with us. And, you know, even if he, you know, came back next year, you know, let's be real. We're probably, you know, going to have maybe a worse year than, you know, than this one. And, you know, we digress a little bit. And so Hank's then really done with us. I do think that he'd be he's going to be a part of our organization. I do think he might want to be within the organization in terms of a, you know, assistant goalie coach and kind of learn with Ben Allaire. And then, you know, maybe he, you know, becomes a, you know, a bigger name in, you know, in in New York with, you know, basically a management role or something along those lines. So I don't think we're going to see the end of Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, right away I do think he loves New York and he's going to stick around Uh, it does scare me though that he's going to want a roster spot next year which obviously he has every right to but that's going to really really suck in terms of uh, you know I I just don't think the Rangers are going to give the optics of buying Henrik Lundqvist out I think they have too much respect for him and I really hope that he accepts the trade or you know steps down and retires and I have a question to ask you how's your sock game Are you wearing the same basic socks day in and day out? Are you showing your feet the same amount of style and attention you show your pants and jackets? Well, you're in luck, because I am proud to announce the Hockey Podcast Network Ugly Sock Contest, presented by SouthernScholar.com. Southern Scholar is a hockey player-owned menswear company 
whose primary focus is providing you with a better dress sock option through a monthly subscription to the Crafted with their one-of-a-kind signature material blend and designed with classic color palettes and timeless patterns, their socks are built specifically to stay in place throughout your workday and add a subtle, sophisticated twist to your everyday. By partnering with the Hockey Podcast Network, Southern Scholar wants to help get you out of your old boring socks and into a pair of beautifully crafted and stylish dress socks by giving away a free March subscription box to the winner of the THPN Ugly Sock. Post a picture of your ugliest pair of socks to the contest post pinned to our Twitter profile at Broadway Boys Pod by March 31st, and James and I will select one winner to win a free March subscription box courtesy of southernscholar.com. That's all you have. So take off your shoes, rummage through that sock drawer of yours, snap a picture of the ugliest, most basic, boring, hole-filled, stinky, Islanders-colored socks you own, and you can finally treat your feet to the style and flair they deserve with a free pair of dress socks courtesy of southernscholar.com. I don't know, Andy, do you know the rule? If he chooses to retire, uh, how the cap, uh, don't we pay a penalty? Yeah, I, I was thinking about that, actually, if there's a cap for capture penalty for uh, Henrik retiring. I'm not, I, I haven't been able to find anything concrete, which is weird, because if you remember, there was, with Luongo, there was nothing but talk about what the penalty would be, not only on uh, it, Florida, but on the Canucks, you know, who traded them to. So, uh, Well, it screwed the Canucks, which I think is yeah. part of the reason why there was a penalty, because you can't just trade a player and have that player just retire. Like you're not allowed to do yeah. that in the midst of a contract because you're you are trading for the remainder of the contract, and if they call it, you know, call. Uh, it well, actually, player. actually, apparently, so if Lundqvist, because his, of the way his deal is structured, if he does retire this year with one year left, he would only have uh, a cap hit of three million, and then it would be off the books. Okay, I don't I don't know why. A buy, I think a buyout would obviously would uh, extend that. So, because I think retirement means, you know, he's, I don't like, he doesn't get, yeah, I don't, it, it looks like retirement would probably still be the best. I mean, if that's what it was going to be, it would be the best option for the Rangers, you know what I mean? Over a buyout, but obviously you can't force yeah. a guy for, you know, that's a whole different can of worms, but in terms of just uh tangible, you know, cost to the team, it seems that retirement would be, what they would want. Yeah. Um, because this guy, honestly, if you remember, uh, Nasland retired instead of, cause the Rangers were probably going to buy him out and he opted to retire. Remember that? And that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. It was like 29, like 2010 or something, 2009. Like, yeah, I think it's a similar thing like that. So, I mean, that would obviously be a tremendous last gift from Henrik Lundqvist, but not the one I was thinking about, but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot of question marks in the air right now. I also, I, you know, when I was just thinking, I'm like, I can actually also see Hank staying in Sweden and maybe taking over the Frölunda team because uh, his brother's still involved, involved with that program, right? Anyone well, his brother's captain, yeah, for, for oh, the Frölunda Indians. Oh, he's still playing. All right, cool. Um, yeah, he's a captain. Wow. All right, yeah, so he he could go over <laughs> there and still play. I'm sure he'd be effective there uh, probably till the ripe old age of 50 with the way uh, how good, you know, Hank keeps in shape and stuff like that. So, Jimmy, you still with us? Yeah, you rang, dude. I'm here. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about the morning skate for people who uh, might not know uh, what it's all about. All right. So I would say probably about four or five years ago, uh, two of my best friends moved away. And like we, we grew up playing hockey together. So what we would do, like because we were kind of, you know, five years ago, uh, we would get a 12 pack of beer. We turn on a hockey game and we would video chat and we would just talk about the game. And uh, one day we recorded it. The next day I sent it to a couple of my buddies to play juniors. They liked it. So then we started doing this podcast, which led to a website, which led to like social media profiles. And it's really boomed over the last five years. Uh, every Sunday we kind of do like an NHL news wrap up with like different beer league stories and like different segments, stuff like that. And, and recently we started doing a Wednesday podcast where we interview ex players or new hockey uh, businesses that you might not have heard of. It, it's just all hockey. And I think that we can all agree, like this is the best game in the fucking world. And uh, I don't know. We just really like enjoying it. It's really taken off. We are in talks with this one company. Hopefully it goes really well. Uh Death Wish Coffee is going to have their own segment on our podcast coming up. That's the live news I wanted to tell you, Wales. Oh, uh, nice. It's going to be pretty cool. And, like, I think that we're going to get a segment on their podcast, which is awesome. We had a really good conversation with them. If you guys don't know Death Wish Coffee, it's the number one coffee sold online. They had a Super Bowl ad a couple of years ago. I, No joke, I have an iced Death Wish Coffee every single day. Well, up until the quarantine. Uh, but it, that's really cool. Just, I don't know, just lots of stuff's coming and. uh the future looks really bright and it's really, it's really, really cool. And I, I know Whalen from Sienna. We, uh, we played hockey different times, but I've, I met him through there. He's, he's hopped on, helped out quite a bit. Um, yeah. And that's kind of, that's kind of what we're doing. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, you know, I've been, you know, probably involved with the morning skate for a few, few years now. And I feel like, you know, you finally gained the notoriety that you probably deserved after, you know, everything that you've done and just grinding out, you know, throwing your name out there, gaining followers and listeners and stuff like that. You've done like a tremendous job with that. Uh, so you, you interviewed a, a few big names, you know, from Joey Mullen to, uh, uh, you know, from the McCarty. Yeah. You know, which one of those was probably like your favorite interview? Like what one, like oh, what was the point where it was like, Oh my God, this is like surreal that like I'm able to do this. Um, my first surreal one was probably talking to Bill Clement just because he, he was like the voice of hockey, right? Like all those old video games, it was, it was like Bill Clement, Gary Thorne, and he, he had won a cup and he talked about the Flyers and that was really cool. And then recently, I mean, the Darren McCarty one was awesome because I'm from upstate New York. Uh, the Adirondack Red Wings were around when I was a kid and like McCarty played for them. And just growing up watching hockey, I was always a Rangers fan, but like at least in the nineties, like the, the one event was just like the Red Wings and the Avalanche and they hated each other. And like, it made me love hockey so much more. Cause like they were just warriors, you know? And the fact that I got to like talk to a guy who played a significant role within that was, that was a pretty special moment. But now like even these hockey companies that come on are really cool. You guys got to check these guys out. The ultimate hockey fan cave. They have like a fan cave built out of 1700 hockey sticks. Uh, they have a Zamboni, like the guy who does it, uh, Ken and Jordy, just absolute beauties. And and everybody you meet, like, and you talk to, we're all cut from the same cloth. And we just love hockey at the end of the day. So, I mean, the interviews with the players are really cool, but also the interviews with the businesses, like these people. We had these one guys on summer skates. It was like this kid and his name's Miles and he was in college and he originally like made like this belt made out of hockey laces. And he's like, no, nah, let's do these sandals. 
met up with this guy, Hennessy, who like invested, they became partners. And I think their first buy, they bought like, I think it was 250,000 pairs of like these sandals when this kid was like in college. Like, can you imagine being in college and like this guy's like, yeah, we're going to buy a quarter of mill sandals and we're just going to wheel with it. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> that's insane. Uh, but everything's been really cool. Uh, Will from Death Wish has been awesome. Jillian uh, Kemmer, she's she's gonna be a superstar. You guys gotta check her out. She uh, she writes for like the KHL and like she's interviewed like Kovalev, uh, Fedorov, like all these guys. So she she's unreal. Yeah. Um. It, yeah, it's she's a tremendous really tremendous follow. She's unreal. And then like the Company Thirty Nine Boys, Joey Diamond, Mar- Matt Fornatero. I mean, it's kind of cool, right? Because at least with me, like when I first go to interview somebody, I'm like a little bit nervous. Cause like I played club hockey and like, I don't know. And then, and then you talk to guys like Joey and Matt and it's like, these guys are the exact same as me, except for they're just way more talented at hockey. But like in terms of just like hanging with the boys, like they're, they're the same type of people. So like, that's, that's honestly the coolest thing. Like being like really nervous and then just realizing that these people are people just like you who just love the game as much as you do. is like, it's pretty special. Yeah. And like, you know, we are the majority, you know what I mean? The people that, you know, obviously just could, didn't make it. And, you know, you get enamored by, yeah, uh, thanks mom and dad. Appreciate it. Yeah. You, I mean, it looks like, honestly, you like, obviously they're part of the, you know, 1% of 1% that got to play, you know, in the NHL and stuff like that. When, when you speak to them, but they really are just like, a, just regular people that, you know, have experienced, you know, what it's like to play at the highest level. But the more you talk to them and the more like I hear interviews talking to you, it's almost like you're one in the same. Like all it is 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 just a televised, you know, beer league in terms of like, you know, you know, or like club hockey. It's like the same emotions. Like, obviously, it's a much higher scale and stuff like that. But the way you approach the game, the way you play the game, like with that passion, it's exactly the same. And, you know, and, you know, it really is cool. A lot of your interviews, especially, you know, with the players that played in the past, you know, them them relay, relaying the message that, you know, we are all, you know, cut from the same cloth really, really shows. And, you know, I've gotten compliments uh, about you basically saying that, like, it's all, you're more passionate almost sometimes than, than the guys that played were. And, and that comes across as, like, a huge positive. And it just goes to show you that, like, it really is just a tight-knit community and I feel like the hockey world is there's just nothing like it. Absolutely, dude. And like you develop relationships with these guys too, right? Like it isn't just I interview them once and that's it. Like Joey Diamond was sending me memes like like last <laughs> week, and, and like these businesses just keep checking in. Like the Ultimate Hockey Fan Cave and Summer Skates, you guys got to check these guys out. Like they're just like cool, cool people. Like they're just awesome. And it, you're right. It's I don't know, man. I love this game. Without this game, I want to have the best friends that I have. I want to, like, I would be, I don't, I honestly have no idea who I would be if I never, like, found hockey. Like, it it, it probably wouldn't be great, to be honest with you, but I did. And, you know, you form these friendships. Like, Wales, you and I didn't even play hockey together. And I consider you one of you, like, you're one of my really, really good buddies. Like, we, we go to Rangers games. We hang out whenever you're around here. We chill. We play hockey. We play in tournaments. Like, yeah you, and we text pretty much daily like it's just it's it's crazy dude it's crazy that this is all happening and just technology in this world now being able to even do this like t- jump on with andy and you and like just talk hockey like this is great this is so much fun and, and with the older players what's cool is i don't think that they realize how much they miss it until they start talking about it except first when you're interviewing them that it's like kind of like back and forth a little bit and then they start opening up and they kind of start reminiscing those glory days you know 
and it's just it's really cool joey mullen was unreal man because he had his wife in the background and i don't think he was that great at technology so they were like trying to figure out like the phone and the skype thing and it it was hilarious. uh and and we need to thank you because without you uh we wouldn't be where we are because uh i don't know if you want to tell the story of how you know i, I you know i kind of found you know the broadway boys podcast kind of just fell in my lap because you couldn't uh, be on an interview and you you texted me texted me last minute being like, can you jump on with this kid? Uh, you know, he's from Vancouver and he, you know, he needs to, he wanted to talk to me and now like, I can't make it. Can you hop on? And I yeah, did. And- <laughs> that worked out perfect. Like we were supposed to do it. And I forget what came up and I was like, shit, man, I can't do it, but I might be able to get a different Rangers guy for you. And he's like, okay, let me know. I'm like, James, like, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> you're like nothing. I was like, you want to talk mm-hmm. hockey? I'm like, you're like, sure. I'm like, okay, just click this link. And you're like, okay. And then like a half hour later, you're like, oh, I uh, didn't know you weren't going to be there, but that was great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was great. yeah. I was expecting you to be on with me. And it, if I was by myself, I was like, oh my God. Like I just. Well, you killed it. it. You guys crushed it. Now you guys are doing this stuff. It, it's it's wild. Like these little like moments in life that you kind of look back on. And it's like, whew, that worked out, you know? Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine, like, I just got home from work. And if I just said like, nah, I'm like too tired to do it. Like, like none of this would even exist anymore. And I, and I, and I kind of threw it in Andy's lap because, you know, we work together and I'm like, he's, you know, a diehard Ranger fan. He's almost like a savant with the amount of information that he knows. And obviously he's a wizard with the editing and the podcasting. So I was like, well, this is a no brainer. I, I, you know, he needs to be on, I already talk hockey with him every day. We might as well just record it. And exactly. <laughs> so uh Andy, no, you, you, have- guys, you guys do a great job because like in terms of like uh fans online at least i would think the rangers fans are probably the most insufferable and i'm, I'm one of them <laughs> i think it's just because we're so passionate we're so back and forth so you kind of have to be like careful with what you guys say but you guys do you guys do a great job like you guys really do and um i appreciate you having me on i mean i love talking rangers whenever you guys want me on man I, I was actually going to do my own little podcast and it was going to be called talking rags. I was going to do it with my one buddy who lives out in San Diego, have like a sick logo for it. And apparently like Rangers fans, like find it very derogatory. If you call them rags. rags. Right. Yeah. I think it's like a compliment. Like that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. And it, what's funny. So this happened like, I don't know, probably two months ago, people just flooding my Twitter. Like, Oh, you're, you're an animal for saying like, dude, if you're really upset about this, like go take a hike, go outside, eat a Snickers. <laughs> and about a week ago, R.A. from Spin Chicklets got in, got into something with the Rangers fans and called them rags. He's like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. You can't call the Rangers rags. I'm like, listen, dude, like, <laughs> experienced it, went through it. Those people are idiots. Like, don't even worry about it. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I've always called the rags, you know, I, it's just, you know, something that I don't, I don't even know where it became like voodoo. Uh, my, but, uh, well, my, my understanding is that it was fine, but then Islander fans co-opted it and said, yeah, it's rags because it's what you used to wipe away your whatever, you know, your, your, <laughs> your, your jism or whatever you want to say. Yeah, uh, dude, so- and yeah, they, they basically, they took something and, and tried to fucking ruin it. And now, you know, everyone's over sensitive about you know, it's origins of what it means. So I don't think you should be oversensitive in terms of a fan base who has an SUV in the corner of their hockey rink that like packs like 30 people to their games. I don't think that I should yeah. be offended by that. No, exactly. I mean, they don't even have a home rink, so I'm not even going to really respect anything that they say. Yeah. And but, so uh, what, dude? Like what's, what's wrong with the rag, dude? I take big poops. Is that a problem? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't see a problem with it. I mean, I I felt like I was one of the first people to ever use it, um, but 
you know, again, it was all, you know, it was almost like it was like our nickname. It was, you know, you know, rags. I don't know. Uh, but whenever I text my friends, I'm like, are you guys watching Rangers? I'm always like rags tonight. I never once say the Rangers. Yeah, no, it's I mean, again, it was it's like our nickname. And like, I felt like like I didn't even experience the Islander fans like trying to adopt it. Like, I don't even know when that even happened or like how that tried to happen, because, you know, I didn't really have I wasn't really all on social media uh until really this year i didn't i tried not to follow any ranger you know social media i got my updates through andy at work and that was it like i tried not to follow i was more into the betting end of sports so you know that was you know the rangers really really weren't like a huge factor on my time uh, twitter timeline but i that's i feel like twitter is where all chaos just starts and then it branches off from there but uh andy do you have any questions for jimmy well, actually, yeah, I thought it uh, good because we, we kind of spoke about this on our, our last pod. But now that we have Jimmy here with us, I think uh, a good way to end it is, Jimmy, if you can only pick one moment from this past season, what was your favorite moment of the season? Oh, man. Um, can I pick two? Yeah, absolutely. Pick as many as you want. You're, you, you can even run, run a few down. But, you know, I just I do want to know, like, what, stood, what moment or moments stood out to you most this season? Well, that you well I knew Leah Anderson. Leah Sanderson was doomed when he tripped over the cord. Like, I think we all kind of <laughs> – I forgot about that. Like, you know what? He's not going to have a good year. And I uh, kind of nailed that one. And then, ah, man, it, it's – I hate saying it because it's everybody's favorite moment, but I've never seen a player score five goals in an overtime winner – and literally carry the team on his back in the middle of a playoff push. That's, that's a moment. Like I brought it up earlier. If I have grandkids and they're like, what's the coolest Rangers, like individual performance, Mika Zibanejad going off on that game was incredible. Like that was must watch. Um, the Tony D hat trick was pretty legit. And then, uh, yeah, I think those, those would be like my three, I think. But what sucks nice. is now the season's over, and it's like there were probably so many more about to happen, especially with how important these games were going to be. Um, yeah, I mean, anytime we beat the Hurricanes, I love that, or the Islanders. So those were all good games. But I think – what about you? What were your guys'? Well, I uh, think – James, do you remember – yeah. Yeah, I mean, looking back for me, I mean, obviously the five-goal game was special. I, I feel like that would have been special if if it didn't even happen – you know, with the Rangers, I mean, anytime a player scores five goals in the NHL, it's obviously a celebration around the league. And uh, and I feel like that was the moment where Zibanejad was finally recognized league wide for a, like the talent that he actually is. Um, but I man, the the goal against the Islanders was pretty big. Um, the tic-tac-toe goal, I think in overtime with Fox and Kako was yeah you know was it was huge for me because that was kind of like all right here they are the kids are finally the now future yeah. yeah the future is here so that was pretty special um yeah uh you know i just think like the moment that igor stepped into the picture and we you know you know we kind of went on that tear and playoffs became a reality so i like looking back now it's hard to imagine life without igor like yeah. Like the season prior, with like without Igor, was so strange. Like we really didn't have like our shit together, and I feel like he came in and solidified a lot of things. And I don't know. I just feel like it's like night and day from the beginning of the season to, uh, you know, obviously post Igor. That was definitely a turning point for sure. Like without a doubt. And oh, and the Zuccarello game, honestly. 
That was sick. <laughs> that game that game was unbelievable. That night was unbelievable. Uh, you know, just the the crowd and their, you know, you know, how the crowd was behind Zuccarello and him being there, you know, I don't I wouldn't cry for a lot of things, but you know, Zuccarello coming back and you know, re- remembering all the good times we had with him certainly was a little bit emotional. Blacking out with the boys, pudding pop, dude. That, that was a sick uh, night. Pudding pop was the best. Pudding uh, pop. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, there's a bunch obviously, but I mean the five goal game, how do you beat that? Yeah, it's, I, I don't know. That, don't that'll know be that. mark my words. That'll be a top five moment of the decade. I think it, looking back. Yeah. Hope, oh, hopefully yeah. Stanley cup is number one, but I think <laughs> that, you know, cause that, that pretty much solidified our captain for the, for our future. I hope so. I hope so. I'm actually kind of happy that they didn't name him captain this year. Cause I feel like the Rangers do. Maybe just with McDonough, but I feel like they kind of rushed him into it. And I think here you're kind of taking your time, and it's like, okay, go earn it. Next year, if he's captain, I wouldn't be shocked at all, and I'd be happy about it. But I'm I'm not that upset that he wasn't this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, no, go ahead, Andy. Yeah, well, I was going to say, and I, I'm sure you feel similarly, that like James and I at first, we I think I was a little like, I don't know why he's not captain already. But, you know, as uh, like you said, Jimmy, just watching the way the season played out, yeah, it, it kind of like you didn't need that added stress and who's to say if that was, you know, if that extra stress was there that maybe Mika did grip this, would grip the stick too hard or whatever mm-hmm. and just some of the things. But yeah, it just seemed like he, you know, it just, he he more than rose to the occasion. He pretty much solidified the amount of overtime clutch goals. He's, you know, whether it's versus that, you know, the blast versus the Islanders, the five goal game, just like, yeah, he scored so many game winners and clutch goals like this season that, yeah, I just think that it's just not only now is it, it's just like, cause you know, you even have to go, people would probably be like, Oh, well, maybe they should give to cry or whatever. But now there, there's no shadow of a doubt. You know, you can't, it's, 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 it's almost, it's borderline undeniable. It's like he, he went out there and he, he absolutely took it. He grabbed it and it's his. So yeah. He's, yeah, uh, if if anyone else is made captain other than him, I I'm gonna I don't know what I'm gonna be apoplectic. I think so. I think also too the organization kind of knew that the Rangers might be in trouble this year in terms of you know winning and obviously you know they certainly overachieved and I think in everyone's eyes, but it's also hard to be in the first year of a rebuild that you name a captain and then all you know the captain will take the blame you know at the end of the day. So I think. In terms of uh, not naming any captain and just having leaders on the team and giving A's out, you know, I think it was a smart move. Uh, and, you know, I think there's no better way to get and to earn a C than the way Izabenejad and what he did this year. Like, he he earned it. It, it wasn't just given, it, given to him because he is uh, an older player on the team and, you know, just been here for a while. He earned it with the way he plays. Yeah. It's uh, I think we have a lot to be happy about. And we didn't even really get it. Keandre Miller just signed. Uh, this Lundqvist kid over in Sweden looks unreal. More Morgan Barron, I think is his name. Cornell kid. Yep. He's going to be really good. Maybe not. I want to talk top six, but I think he's a player that could eventually make the squad. And then you look at our AHL team, right? AHL team just completely flipped because of JD. Now they're good again. So you're developing that winning attitude at a younger age. So by the time you get into the NHL, you're not like the Sabres where you hate hockey. Um, I think that's good. 
I don't know. I think the future is bright. I, I haven't been this excited about the Rangers. And it, what's weird, I think it's only been like a little over a week since the last game, and it feels like it's been like five months. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm pumped about it. Yeah, I'm certainly excited. And it'll definitely be interesting, too, because there's a lot of big things that need to happen going forward over the next two years. And we'll get definitely get the answers to, you know, regarding, you know, Lundqvist, our defensemen, you know, what kids are going to be ready to play and what kids are going to need a few years to, de- you know, develop in the AHL. So there's still like a ton going on. And again, this was only supposed to be year one of the rebuild. I mean, realistically, it takes three years to build the Stanley Cup team or at least a, a contender, a playoff contender. So we're way ahead of schedule. The players that uh, we expected to step up, I feel like, have done so uh i feel like kako might be the only one that people are like questioning but if you look at before and after pictures of where he was in the beginning of the season in terms of his size and strength i mean we put the before and after picture up and the kid is like a lot more jacked and i'm so disappointed because i feel like kako was really starting to hit his stride uh this year and you know obviously the season came to an abrupt stop so I think you also got to remember, he's played like over 100 games in the last like calendar year. So, yeah, it is disappointing that you're not going to be able to see him finally catch that stride. But I think if anybody needs a break, it's probably him. And hopefully he's just in Finland lifting weights, shooting pucks, doing his thing. And, I mean, I'm not worried about him, dude. So what, we didn't get the, the top pick who didn't score 100 goals in the first year. Like, this kid's still going to be a really, really good player. So I think it'll be good. Absolutely. Andy? Yeah, I mean, like you both said, it's just nothing. uh, nothing, There's so much optimism still on the way for this team. Uh, I mean, James, I know probably sometime within the next uh, few weeks, you and I are going to do – we did our prospect rankings earlier in the season, and I know they've definitely probably changed a lot. I mean, well, spoiler alert, Nils Lundqvist has really established himself as – one of the best prospects not out in the NHL right now by having a historic uh, season for an under 20 defenseman and probably, you know, I would say the SHL is arguably the third best uh, professional league in the world. So yeah, I mean uh, there's just a lot to look forward to. So it's really uh, yeah. And I mean, we, we even mentioned, you know, the Rangers now for the first time, it's almost as if they have an embarrassment of riches, you know, you Morgan Barron wins the ECAC, you know, player, you know, Cornell was probably the best, uh, player in hockey East, you know, in or best team in hockey, East, I should say this season. And he was a huge part of it as their captain, their, their leading scorer. And yeah, he's, he probably like Jimmy said, probably is slots in as a, a bottom sixer, but I mean, a bottom sixer with serviceable skills. So you look at, at, at times we had Haley McKegg and Brendan Smith kind of pitching, you know, uh, switch hitting, but yeah, I mean the, the the pieces are there. They're just they we have to wait for them to develop and fall into place. But uh, you know, give it time. You know what's crazy and, about that? How many, how many years did we not have a first round pick? And like now, you look at our like farm, and you look at all these other teams that had those first round picks, and they're nowhere near where we're at. It's it's we've done a really good job drafting, a really good job doing these trades. Uh, Gorton's been incredible. The fact that JD's back now makes me so comfortable. Um, oh yeah, he's he just has that comforting grandpa vibe with everything. I would, I would love to have a beer with him, like a steak and a beer. How cool would that be? Like he probably has the coolest stories. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like you said, that guy was New York Rangers hockey growing up. Like, I mean, he's that you heard as a child, and like, yeah, of course, there's comfort in that. Like he, him, and Sam Rosen are like 
they were a huge part of why I fell in love with the Rangers. I mean, just their chemistry together and, and, and calling the games and, you know, obviously JD being a goaltender for the Rangers back in the day brought that historic, uh, you know, aspect to, you know, the broadcast and stuff like that. So having him back here, you know, is just like, you know, he loves New York Rangers and everything about it. And, you know, he's, we're going to be in a good position with him as one of our leaders and, 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 and heading this, you know, the rebuild. And, uh, you know, it, it is kind of crazy that like we have so many of these prospects and it's kind of weird because, you know, some of them are going to have to be moved. And I think like the Rangers are going are gonna to have to make decisions coming up, which is another reason why it's like so exciting to be a New York Rangers fan, because, you know, we have so many of these guys that they're just tremendous assets to have. Future's bright, boys. Future's it is. Bright. It is. So, Andy, I don't know if you want to wrap things up here and uh, and let Jimmy, you know, kind of plug all the social media yeah. for the morning skate and, and kind of r- wrap it up. Yeah, so let's do it exactly like that. Uh, Jimmy, so for if any of our listeners are unfamiliar, at least with where they can find a morning skate content, where, uh, what should, where should they go? What should they look into? Uh, we're pretty active on Twitter at morning underscore skate, same on Instagram, follow our Facebook page. That's slowly began, uh, getting big. We're even on TikTok If you younger guys are on there, uh, and our website, morning dash skate.com. Uh, we try to blog as much as we can. We have a pretty good group of writers. Uh, we've added a lot over the last few months who, and they're all pretty funny. We have this one guy, every time he writes, I, I literally laugh out loud. So, uh, be able to check that out. And, uh, yeah, morning underscore skate. Thanks for having me on guys. Like I needed this. <laughs> this makes me feel no. so much better now. No, no, man. I mean, I, I feel like our schedules, uh, have miraculously opened up somehow. So I mean, I could, I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to have you on a, a lot in the future. Cause we do have a, James, I do have a lot of, uh, ideas in the chamber. Absolutely. Whenever you guys need anything, Rangers, let me know. And I think we're all PS4 owners, so let's exchange after this and we hang up. Let's exchange yeah. names. And, and I'll just exchange now. Ked Carmen Claus. That's K-E-D-C-A-R-M-E-N-C-L-A-U-S. PS4 NHL. Let's get her going. There you go. Nice. Well, we uh, we always wrap up uh, this podcast the, the same way with just a slight variation. So to put a nice little button on this, uh, now in a time of uncertainty, you don't have to worry because it's morning skate season. Ooh, I like that. Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. (laughs) All right, later, guys. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.